You just reminded me to delete. Welcome to another episode of 2A of 2B. 2B. 2A. <laughs> <laughs> it's either or no. 2A and 2B or neither. Faculty. We're moving on, still on gynae, still on uterus and vagina, talking about t- masses and tumours and stuff. And stuff. And we're going to start with fibroids, which are so, so common, so we're going to talk about them a bit more. Can you tell me what the proper name for a fibroid is? Uterine lyomyoma. Thank you. I always get that forgotten in my so head. Can you remind me, because you know how in kidneys you have AMLs, mm-hmm. it stands for angiomyoma. Lipoma, yeah, not, like, not this word, yeah. and that's because it's vessels, musculature. You can ask me what layer is soft, uh, smooth muscle. Thank you. So smooth myoma muscle. Thank you. Right, no, I think that uh, layer is smooth muscle, and myo is like muscle, muscle. Okay. I think they're slightly different oh, types okay. of muscle. But going back to what you just told Sorry, me, yeah, yeah. what are fibroids? Uh, they are growths of smooth muscle yeah oh perfect benign smooth muscle tumors and they're the most common uterine mass uh more common in women of african ancestry they like estrogen and are most common in re- reproductive age rare pre prebertal. okay um because of the relationship with estrogen in pregnancy they grow rapidly in menopause they involute yeah um and their location is classically described as Three options. Uh, Subserosal. Yeah. Serosal. No. Myometrial. Intramural. Intramural. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one you mean. Intramural or pedunculated. No. So they can be pedunculated. Right, just tell me what the classically ones are. But it's submucosal, yeah. least common, and that's uh, like within the coming into the endometrium, okay. that lining, yeah. intramural, most common, yeah. and then subserosal. Which is sort of on the outside. Yeah, which might look... But I Hang on, tell me what the three categories are again. Submucosal. Submucosal, thank you. Intramural. Yeah. Subserosal. Lovely. Um, so typical periods, well, they can look like anything. But they are usually on ultrasound. Uh, they're like l- hypoechoic yeah. bits. Often with peripheral blood flow mm-hmm. and a type of shadowing. Have you called, like, have you heard the name? Sort of stormy. That's something else. Oh. This is Venetian blind. Oh, ho. There is something that's stormy. That oh, right. Okay. Um, on CT, what's your. If you know, if you see a uterus on CT, what often is big calcified, calcified so bits. On CT, yeah. they often have peripheral calcification, popcorn. Popcorn. Um, and on MRI, do you know what they look like? Mm, I mean, I could tell you what one was if I saw one on an yeah, MRI, but I probably I couldn't describe it to you. Dark and dark. Dark. So one yeah. Dark and dark. Love that. Variable enhancement. Okay. Um, the ones that have higher T two signal, so less dark. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, are said to respond respond better to IR treatment. <laughs> and then that's an interesting little titbit that I don't understand, but there we are. And if it was to contain fat, what would you call it? Uh, a lipofibroma. Lipolyomyoma. Oh, ooh, ooh, love that. Yeah. Um, and then they can degenerate. Yes, they can. And there's four types of degeneration. Oh, I was going to say, I know one. Red's degeneration. Exactly. Do you want 
tell me about that? That one is when it's very painful mm-hmm. um, and it's when, when it, it sort of hemorrhages in pregnancy normally. Yeah. And That's why all. and what does it cause before hemorrhage? Swelling? I don't know. Like in, in the brain. Uh, uh, yeah, so to how do you know how you can bleed from a stroke? What causes a stroke initially? Ischemia? Clot. Clot. Oh, right, fine. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but before sort of we go on to the types, sorry to interrupt, what they all have in common is a lack of or paucity of enhancement. Degenerating fibroids? Yeah. Okay. Often fibroids enhance avidly, like normal ones, but the degenerated one have all have a lack of or paucity of enhancement. Is this on MRI? I'm assuming. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. You don't really do like CT for the uterus. No, fine. Yep. Thank you. Um, so then the before describing them, we're gonna just say what the four are. Yes. You said red. Mm-hmm. Do you know any of the others? Mm, no. I'm leaving you one. Hyaline, okay. mixoid, cystic, and red. Oh. Okay. okay, tell me about them. So we'll start with hyaline because it's the most common. Um, basically, the fibroid outgrows its blood supply, so you get an accumulation of proteinaceous tissue. So, therefore, on um, MR, oh, I'm going to tell you, uh, fat boys mainly prefer chips. So, T1 Bright. Well, it doesn't tell me about T1. Oh, <laughs> sorry. sorry. What was it going to say? T2 and what it does with that. Protein is oh i don't know what it is on well, protein is on t2 t2 oh fine so it's dark T2 thank dark you and does not enhance with dad okay that's highline yeah fine and highline's like a why have i heard of highline before yeah, same. I highline I, I feel like it's <laughs> something to do with either joints or highline membrane membrane disease highline cartilage Cartilage. Cart- is the cartilage found on joint surfaces? Mm. That's it. Mm. Oh, and there is a highline membrane disease. Hang on a minute. Oh, it's called that's RDS, respiratory distress, when the babies don't have it. Uh, hmm. There we go. Sorry. Oh, because babies don't have it. Yeah. Yes, that's true. So proteinaceous. Yes. Fine. Um, and because they outgrow their blood supply, mm-hmm. then the, just tell me again what you said about red, just to go over it. So this is in pregnancy. Is the cause of clots? The cause of clots in what? In pregnancy? During pregnancy, this is the cause of venous thrombosis. I don't think it's the only cause. So if a woman had like a a PE, she might have red degeneration. Is that what you mean? Well, I don't know. Okay. I can write the notes. Okay, fine. Um, I'm just questioning you. Classically imaging... And this is quite like a typical one. So it'd be like so hemorrhage. Um, if you, yeah. So I think it's going to be T1 and T2 bright. So it's it has a peripheral rim of T1 high signal. Okay. And T2 is variable. <laughs> T1. Fine. Classic. Okay. And then we said mixoid, which is quite uncommon. And that one is T1 dark. T2 bright, so the only one that is T2 bright. And what's actually happening there? Doesn't tell me. Oh, right, okay. It has minimal gradual enhancement. And then there's one other type, it's cystic, and it just says it's uncommon. (laughs) 
let's just look at myxoid degeneration just because you know I like a bit of mm. pathophysiology degenerative process in which connective tissues are replaced by gelatinous or mucoid substance oh that's oh, here we go let me just look on radiopedia mm. oh and actually someone suggested we should look at radiopedia about what we're going on fine uh, fibroids that have undergone myxoid degeneration are filled with gelatinous material and can be difficult to differentiate from cystic degeneration. However, they typically appear as more complex cystic masses and they appear hypocellular with a myxoid matrix. T1 low, T2 usually high with a peripheral low signal intensity and no enhancement with GAD. Yeah. Happy? T2 bright is the key for that one. Yeah. And I'm just going to show you this. And I'm assuming well. cystic T2 bright as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, red can also be called carneous. Okay. You're going to not tell me that little fact, are you? I don't think I even know that. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Okay. Um, and what does a normal fibroid that's not degenerating look like? Dark and dark. Dark and dark. Fine. And enhance so, as well if it's not degenerating. So then can you tell me about Highline? Yeah. How would I differentiate that from a normal fibroid? Um, they do not enhance face covering. Fine. At all. Okay. Because it's just protein. It has, it's outgrown its blood supply. It has no blood supply. Fine. Whereas normal fibroids, I mean, they all vary, but like your class... There should be some enhancing. Enhance. Yeah. Okay. Lovely. Great question. Thank you. So um, more... So, um, uterine, masses and tumours and stuff. And stuff. Um, so, uterine lyomyosarcoma. Uterine lyomyosarcoma. Oh, sarcoma is going to confuse me now. what this is, is a fibroid. Yeah, it's a fibroid that becomes, becomes malignant. Badly behaved. Very rare. The chances of that is 0.1%. Okay, but fibroids are common. Yeah. Okay, tell they me. They look like a fibroid, but rapidly enlarging, and they have areas of necrosis. So if you're monitoring fibroids... You know, Does one monitor fibroids? No. no. Oh. But say if someone has a fibroid and then becomes symptomatic, no, they have a fibroid and then becomes symptomatic <laughs> and you scan. Yeah. Are you laughing at my image? I'm laughing at your lisp, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the benefit of the podcast... Uh, my uh, my glamorous <laughs> presenter has got some Invisaligns that are new to her. <laughs> Please forgive the lisping. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to make you feel self-conscious well, about it. It's, it's just funny. <laughs> um, and then, have you ever heard of adenomyosis? Yes. What so is adenomyosis it? is endometrial lining that's gone into yeah. the myometrium. Exactly. Um. Do you know when you see it, like what types of women? Ooh. No. Lots of babies. Okay. And if they've had a, especially if they've had a history of uterine procedures, so C-sections. <laughs> Go again. <laughs> C-sections. <laughs> so C-section, sorry, I'll stop talking Dilatation and triotage. Okay. Which makes sense, like if you fiddled around with someone's yeah, exactly. endometrial and lining. You, cut into something then you're going to spread yeah yeah that's how my head thinks um 
it um, is usually quite generalized, but favors large portions of the uterus, especially the posterior wall, okay. and spares the cervix. Okay, makes sense. Um, classically causes enlargement, but preservation of the overall contour. Um, and I was going to say something. I think also, I don't know where I read this. Oh, it's coming up. Sorry. <laughs> you can see it on ultrasound or MRI, and it's going to look different. Ultrasound is obviously less specific. Um, uh, in ultrasound. That's your. I've got a feeling it is. Yeah. Okay. Why doesn't it say it? That's all right. We can get to that when it, we can get to that it when it pops up. Yeah, that's I okay. Think it is. Um, so, ultrasound less specific with findings including a heterogeneous uterus. Hyperacoic adenomyosis with hypoacoic muscular hypertrophy. So bright, Say that again. So on the ultrasound, it's bright lines with a background of the darkness. So the adenomyosis bits are bright yeah. and the background myometrium is darker dark. than it should be or just happens no, to be I dark? Think it's just saying, oh, it's hypertrophy, so it might be more prominent. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you might just see enlargement of the posterior wall because that's where. Got you. Yeah. In MRI, which is a better way of looking at it, you get thickening of the junctional zone of the uterus to more than 12 millimetres. Okay. Normal is less than five. Yeah. Just what is the junctional zone? Can you it's, tell me that? When you look on MRI, this isn't a very good example, but I think um, Mendel has it. I'll just get it out. That's all right. We can come back to oh, it. I can learn it. It's very easy. In, on MRI, yeah. your endometrium is like her, is dark, but a grey dark. Yeah. And then you have your endometrium, which is usually your white stripe. Yeah. And then surrounding that, you have a T2, or, yeah, or I don't know which one it is, but even darker border. Yeah. And what is that? It's, it my, it's just a bit of myometrium. I think it's just where it becomes from endometrium to myometrium. Okay. Okay. Zone. Yeah. Fine. Now you're confused with Sorry. If you biopsy it, what would it be? Probably endometrium, I would think, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, Keep going. Apparently, what is also a classic finding, not only the thickness of that junctional zone, but surrounding it, you can the, the bright endometrium, you can get little bright dots, which is cystic change. Um, I've upset myself by looking at Radiopedia. Wow. It says here that the Venetian blind yeah, appearance is adenomyosis. Yeah, so that's... What were we talking about? We were talking about fibroids. Yeah, because this says with peripheral blood flow and shadowing in the so-called... That's why I've seen Venetian blind more in adenomyosis, and I think that's right. Okay, well, let's just stop. Let's just get on with it. Let's stop agonising. We can look it up. Okay, keep going. Um, So then you can just get a thick endometrium. Yeah. And this is what we were talking about, measurements. Yeah. In postmenopausal women, more than five millimetres, Maybe cancer needs a biopsy. Mm-hmm. Less than probably just a bit of atrophy if it's prominent. Anyway, or probably atrophy because we're post menopause. Mm-hmm. Um, Pre menopausal can get very thick, obviously. Um, 
this is a really weird thing he says about trivia. Yeah. But anyways, estrogen secreting tumours, such as granulosa cell tumours of the ovary, will thicken the endometrium. Yeah. Hereditary non-polyposis colon cancer, the one that's HNPCC, have a 30 to 50 increased risk, 30% times increased risk of endometrial cancer. Hmm. Which kind of makes sense because that's a bit like the... It's a sort of cancerous... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, And then there's a little section on what tamoxifen does to your endometrium and then we're done. Okay. Oh, God. Um, Can you tell me how adenomyosis presents? Because that might be... Oh, um, I guess painful periods... Yeah, I've gone off the page now. Bulky uterus. Well, how would a woman present with bulky well, uterus? Well, you know, bloating, so you can palpate a mass. Yeah, so menorrhagia and dysmenorrhea are the classics. Yeah. Uh, I did say painful period. I know you did. I'm just being difficult. Um, and then I'm going to look up leomyomas, how they present. Do you know how they present? So that's fibromas, fibroids. Fibroids, yeah. Um, well, that can also, I think that's more mass effecty. They might, you might not know that they're there. Infertility, maybe? Mm, I think they're menorrhagia, classically. Oh, yes. Sorry, I'm going to... I think, like, really heavy bleeding. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I just think it's useful to have the, like, presentation. You're right. Uh, because they are all slightly different. I think from now on, as we talk about... Have radiopedia, yeah, yeah. Um, so, fibroids, uh, also known as leomyomas, uh, you get... Signs and symptoms are abnormal vaginal bleeding, pain, infertility, and a palpable mass, as you see. Okay. And menorrhagia. I think that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Abnormal vaginal bleeding, I think that comes under. Oh. But yeah, I think the classic is menorrhagia mm. for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, keep going. So no, we're almost done. So yeah. I've anything else to say today because we've got time. <laughs> Have I got anything else to say? Always. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else have we talked about? Do you want to check? Is HMPCC the same as Lynch syndrome? Hang on. HMPCC. Lynch syndrome. Okay, great. I thought yeah. it was. So Lynch syndrome, tell me. So that's the one where it's connected, endometrial, colon, and... Check the other one. Yeah. So I've got here, this is just Wikipedia, yeah. HNPCC, or Lynch syndrome, yeah. it's an autosomal... Dominant. Dominant, thank you. Genetic condition associated with high risk of colon cancer, as well as other cancers, including endometrial, which is the second most common, mm-hmm. ovary, stomach, small intestine, hepatobiliary tract, upper mm-hmm. urinary tract, brain and skin. So, yeah. But anyways, um, with it, you have a 30 to 50 increased risk. 30, I don't know why it says times. 30 to 50 times increased risk. Yeah. In some, that's all right, yeah. It does. You have a times 30 to 50 increased risk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's keep going. Yeah. Anyway, so that's useful to know. Ow. And then um, we're just going to talk about what happens in... What's this bit here? The signs of the endometrial. Okay, can you tell that. me... So postmenopausal bleeding, is it from atrophy... Or cancer. Oh, I see. So if it's less than five, I didn't understand why you were telling me atrophy because I was like, that wouldn't be thick endometrium. It's if you get bleeding, yeah, you could have a cancer, but it could just be atrophic. Depending on the size. Yeah, got you, got you, got you. Sorry. 
No, no, sorry. Um, so tamoxifen changes. Yes, tell me. Um, Why do people take tamoxifen? Breast cancer. Breast cancer. Do you Tox- take it after breast cancer for a bit? Is yeah. that a thing? Well, you do that with letrozole as well. Do you? You just take it um, for a certain so amount of time. Breast cancer, you stay on it for like ever. Yeah. I don't know what the difference is. Tamoxifen versus letrozole. Or maybe they're like the same because they're all like sterns or something. I don't know what I put in, but it's probably something. I just want to see what letrozole is. So I've got tamoxifen yeah. is a selective estrogen receptor yeah. modulator. Yeah. Use it. I'm you now. Used to prevent breast cancer in women and treat breast cancer in women and men. So the prevention, that's what's slightly confusing me. Like who gets tamoxifen? Maybe it's like BRCA people. Let's have a look on the BNF. Indications on the BNF are pre- and perimenopausal women with oestrogen receptor positive breast cancer. Mm. Uh, Men can be treated with it for gynecomastia. And you can have it in breast cancer for chemo prevention in women at moderate to high risk. Which is interesting. Instead of chemo, is that what they're saying? Chemo prevention. So I think that's if you don't have breast cancer yet. Anyway. Um, so letrozole, mm-hmm. which is the one I got confused, that's used in postmenopausal women okay. to treat breast cancer. Okay. And that lowers the levels of the female sex hormone estrogen. Okay. So Fine. Be worse, similar. So tamoxifen's pre and peri, and letrozole's post peri, postmenopausal. <laughs> Fine. Um, so tell me. Um, it blocks estrogen effects on the breast, but it acts like estrogen in the pelvis. Yes. So it's used for breast cancer, but it increases the risk of endometrial cancer. Yeah. Um, it will cause subendometrial cysts and the development of endometrial polyps. Okay. So I feel like if they say woman on tamoxifen on yeah. MRI or ultrasound has polyps, what do you, you know? Yeah, tamoxifen. Yeah. I think it'll be Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Or someone who's had breast cancer. Yeah, yeah, I know what you were trying to say. Uh, normally, postmenopausal endometrial tissue shouldn't be thicker than four millimeters. Is that what I said earlier? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, but on tamoxifen, the endometrium gets a pass up to eight millimeters. Okay. At more than eight, it gets a biopsy. Mm-hmm. If you are wondering if a polyp is hiding, you can get a sonohistogram, which you put saline into the. Fine. Water. And that's um, uterus. So we're going to finish there. Kind regards. Mm-hmm. Contrast.